Evolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission. Is it disloyal? Is it sedition? Is it treason to oppose the hands of tyranny? Never! I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me! A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years. We are free with the God-given rights, and we shall not yield that right to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Revolution.Radio. Thanks for listening while we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. All right, folks, it's four o'clock, just after four o'clock in the UK. Uh, nice sunny day in Newcastle. High pollen count, I think. But uh, apart from that, we're doing okay. Um, the world's good. It's FA Cup final day, and Man City are leading Manchester United 1-0 the last time I checked. So I'm going to check again, just in case that's changed, which it may have done. It's not going to be a football show, don't worry. So I know very little about... Oh, it's one each. It's one all. All right, so there's there's some kind of drama going on. Somebody's been hit by something that was thrown from the crowd. Where else have we got going on here? Right, so Man United must have scored just before half-time. By the looks of it, half-time was one all. So we've got we've got about 45 minutes to go, so you, we might get a final result live. It could very well turn into a... A sports resource final score they used to call it when when they were doing the rundown of the sports stuff. I'm not going to do that. I don't have a a lot of agenda ready today. I was listening to a a Reiner Fulmic interview, which I might play, but um, it's one of those weeks where I haven't written a monologue or well, I, I did attempt to write a monologue, but I got about a third of the way. Through into doing it and then I changed my mind so, so I'm not going to not going to do the monologue thing so what I have been doing this week is I've just started reading an old James Bond 
novel. So, Casino Royale, uh, which came out in 19, was published in 1953. Obviously, they made a movie out of it, and it's a good movie. I've seen it a few times. I've seen every single Bond movie like a million times. And I still watch them at Christmas every single time when I'm at my mother's as well. So, uh, it's almost exactly the the movie and... Actually, there's two movies, isn't there? There's, uh, there might even be three movies because there's a Peter Sellers movie of Casino Royale as well, which is a piss take or a tongue-in-cheek version. But I'm about 90 pages into this, and up to now, it's ridiculously easy to read. It's it's and there was a there was a bomb blast and, and two Bulgarians killed within the first 40 pages. So uh, it's it's all it's all escapism. But uh, I think we need escapism some of the time. Certainly in 1953, people needed escapism because they were recovering from the Second World War. I think now we need some escapism as well. I certainly do. So I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, now that I've, I've done the FA Cup, so I don't need that there anymore. So the plan was, the plan was to live stream this show onto Rumble. And I haven't done it because it just I tried I tried setting up a call in show on callin.com, which I've been experimenting with all week. And I've had a couple of good conversations, a couple of good conversations about metaphysics on there. So I thought I'll set up a call in show, live stream it to Rumble, and then pipe everything through into the radio show. But I, I set the call in show up about an hour ago. And nobody really showed up who wanted to talk. So that kind of put the kibosh on what I was going to do for the afternoon. So I'm making it up as I go along yet again. Uh, you're listening to Revolution Radio, which is entirely listener-supported. We we need some help. So throw us a few pennies if you can. It's revolution.radio. Hit the button that says donations and then just pick the one that looks like it might work for you. You can use you can use any method you like, including cryptocurrency. We'll take we'll take your money. We've got no problem taking your money. It's just a matter of how much you want to give. And uh, it does keep the servers running. Everybody here is a volunteer, so it's worth it. There's there's some good material happens on here. So you'll find something you like. You'll find something you hate. And that's the way that the, the, the life is with free speech. You've got to got to take the the good with the bad, really. You can't silence somebody just because you don't like them, even though even though they may or may not know what a woman is. They've still got a right to speak. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. According to the people in the chat and the conversation there, which I should I should say hello to the people in the chat. Okay, we've got Memes, Malia, Mast139 is in there. So I know Surrey Sunflower was in there because I saw it earlier on. Fleeced, Net Effect, Cap 
Captain Fred. So there's a good crowd in the chat room. That's another way that you can support what we're doing is to, just to have a conversation in the chat room, share what you know with the other people there. They're a good crowd. Uh, we've been talking about uh, what is a woman being shown on Twitter. We've been talking about psychotronic warfare. So influencing people's minds from a distance. So when I think about influencing people's minds from a distance, that's basically what Reiki distance healing is. In kind of a kind of a way, it's a mental connection that produces a physical effect. So it's a, it's influencing people's minds at a distance. So you don't really need the technology; you just need a bit of Reiki. Uh, the way Reiki is taught is that it can only be used for for good. It's only kind of a positive healing energy. That's true up to a point, but there are there are occasions when it seems to me like it could be used for other things as well because the the basic principle is is sigil magic. Reiki Reiki distance healing in particular relies on the person sending the energy drawing symbols, so drawing symbols in the air or visualizing symbols that represent. A certain type of healing so it's basically sigil magic and if you can make a mental connection over 10,000 miles or whatever it is 5,000 miles using Reiki then you can you can potentially influence people in lots of different ways none of which require technology I suppose Reiki itself is a technology, but don't require physical electronic technology is kind of what I'm getting on getting at. So I'm going to play this Reiner Fulmic interview, uh, which is about what was it about? It was about New Zealand and their legal system being the right place. To present evidence of uh, the, the the current eugenics, so let me let me start that from where I I set this up earlier on. So I've skipped the intro, and I'll play about about fifteen minutes of it, and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, let me share my share my screen while I'm while I'm doing this. Hang on a second. Oh, let me stop this for a second. There we go. I'm nearly there. Right, that's better. Now we started again. So this is Ryan Fulmick talking about the Maori legal system and uh, putting evidence of eugenics into a trial there. This is David Sorensen from StopWorldControl.com. I have Reiner Fulmich here with me, who has some very 
inspiring. Let me know if you can hear the audio. For all of us, which also includes a message for all of humanity. Well, it looks like it should and it be okay to me from this end. Portland of the earth that most of us would never expect it. So, Reiner, can you tell me a little bit about what you're involved with? It's the group of uh, international attorneys who have uh, already done something to show the world that we know how to deal with the people who are behind this pandemic. And, um, and that was the model grand jury. Uh, but it was myself and Dexter. Dexter was actually approached. Dexter is uh, a very good friend and attorney from South Africa. He was approached by someone from New Zealand uh, to get in touch with the Maori because they have uh, something totally unique. They have a, an independent government and they also have an independent judiciary. I'm saying I'm saying it's unique because there's other indigenous people who claim the same thing. But if you if you take a closer look, you will immediately see there's a big difference because all of the others have either their sovereignty was taken away at some point by colonialists, for example, or by conquistadors. Uh, and then they later were granted their uh, sovereignty back but only within the framework of the new system. Uh, or maybe they even ceded their sovereignty but, um, and then entered into contracts. But this is different with the Maori. They have a totally independent government and judiciary. In 1835, they signed a, uh, their Declaration of Independence. They did this. This is not a treaty. It's a Declaration of Independence. And there they asserted their sovereignty. This was with respect to all the settlers who were coming into the country. At that time, I think it was 80,000 Maori and, I don't know, 3,000 or so uh, settlers. And they said, oh, that's fine. You can, you can stay here. You can settle here. We're going to protect you. But we're the bosses, meaning the tribal leaders, the tribal chiefs are the bosses. And um, that is what makes this so unique. Um, on top of this, this is another piece of information that is important. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, or plandemic, as we must now call it, because we know there's never, there was never a novel, uh, a dangerous novel coronavirus. It was just a fake. They misused the PCR test, but we're not going to go into that. Um, but at the beginning of this pandemic, the Maori had their own way of looking at things. And that's when the government... The other, the puppet government, uh, we'll get into that in a minute, when they decided to take away the Maori governments and the Maori uh, judiciary's independence, their sovereignty. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that, of course, the puppet government realizes that someone else is in charge or else they wouldn't want to take someone else's sovereignty away, right? Yeah. So this is what they did. And in the meantime, uh, this is what I... Get, gather from um, Dexter and I gather from uh, the talks that we have had for months now with representatives of the Maori government. Um, they, uh, they they had six judges that were uh, supposed to do the job, and none of them none of them was able to do it because they all had to concede ultimately. Yes, you're independent because that's what the Declaration of Independence says. Well, there's two versions of this Declaration of Independence. One is in the Maori language. That is, of course, the one that counts and rules. And then there's an English translation. The one 
that the Maori Road, in their language, makes it absolutely clear beyond any doubt whatsoever that they are the ones who have the sovereignty and who rule the country. Their tribal leaders rule the country. And just to be clear, the Maori Indians are people from New Zealand. Yeah, I should have added that. They're from New yeah. Zealand, but as I told you before we started the recording here, um, they're not they're not alone. Uh, the other day, I was in another Zoom conference with a group of American and Canadian Indians and representatives of South American Indians, and they're I think they don't even they didn't even know that the Maori were a couple of steps ahead of them, but they said, we're going to do the same thing. We're in the process of doing the same thing. We're using our own indigenous judici judiciaries in yeah. order to institute proceedings. Yeah. And uh, plus, they said, we're in touch. We're in, um, we're in, uh, in talks with uh, uh, 108 Pacific Rim nations. So this is bigger than just the oh, Maori, but the Maori are special. Yeah. What I find very interesting about this, Reiner, is that both New Zealand and Canada, which apparently are nations where a big consciousness of sovereignty is present, that is being activated, both those nations are part of, the, you know, the British Empire. They are under the rule of the crown, you know, yeah. like... The, yeah. the United Kingdom, Australia, and that's why the tyranny has been worse in those nations than anywhere else in the world, because they are, you know, the British elites from the city mm -hmm. of London. They have a lot of influence in other nations, but they they have completely seized control over Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. And it's so interesting to see that in those nations, that resistance is happening. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, they are all part of the Commonwealth, and yeah. that's why there's so much power of the original British Empire over them. Um, yeah. you, could, you could also, if you look at it from the perspective of the intelligence services, the Five Eyes countries, uh -huh. that, in, that would include uh, the United States. The United States are a little bit different, though, because in the U.S., they have a lot of people in the population who are armed and have experience with guns, the Second Amendment. So they play a different role. But as far as the judiciary is concerned, I think the most important one to turn to is the Maori government and its judiciary. The Maori government's um, uh, Declaration of Independence of 1835 is called He Wakaputanga, and the, uh, their, their law, or lore, L-O-R-E, is uh, called Tikanga law. And the interesting thing about them is, uh, on the one hand, they're pretty powerful. If you look at their haka dances, yeah. you will see they have nothing to do with genderism and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. They know what a real man and what a real woman is. Yeah. And um, uh, and their law is or lore is designed to not just restore the peace among the Maori. So, for example, if uh, someone is accused of having stolen something from someone else, this is an example they gave me, uh, then 
if their Tikanga law, when they apply it, comes to the conclusion and the judges come to the conclusion, yes, he did it, then the uh, sentence or the decision may be, yes, you victim can go over and take three times as much from the person who stole from you as he took. Wow. What does that allude to? In my view, this sounds like uh, punitive damages. Yeah. And since their law is not only designed to restore the peace among the Maori, but it also explicitly says it, if that's necessary, it will be used to restore the peace among the world. You can see what this may lead to. But these are only the first steps that have now been taken. And of course, we're going to be attacked. We're going to be infiltrated, just like always when something big is happening on the horizon. Yeah. Um, but And we're going to be framed. Uh, they have nothing to do with us. They are idiots. They're right-wing Nazi, not the usual, you know. Yeah. But I think the momentum that we already have now is so strong that they may be able to slow us down, but they're not going to be able to stop us. And when I say us, I mean the Maori, because they are at center stage here. Plus, um, the help of the international uh, lawyers, but I think a lot of other people will join this. We did an interview with uh, Vera Sharaf today, and she says this is perfect. This is perfect. The indigenous people are so much closer to nature and spirituality. Um, we should have listened to them a long time ago, and why not have them lead the way this time? Yeah, Mike Eden and many others will be there as. Uh, as uh, expert witnesses, so that the whole truth, the whole truth, and not not just procedural issues, yeah. uh, will come to light. So the plan is to start tribunals with lawyers and experts all over the world on behalf of the Maori people against the the elites, essentially, who are behind the whole pandemic. That is correct, and it's basically two steps. Two steps. Uh, step number one is going to be them asserting their authority as the true government of the country. That means that they will have to go after those who are pretending to be the government. Yeah. The puppet government, as you yeah. might call them. Um, a hundred and something uh, members of parliament. All right, we've got a bit of stuttering going on, so I'm going to jump in there. So what we've got is a, an independent legal system in New Zealand for the the native people, the Maori. They're, they're, they're going to run a tribunal, and then they're bringing in all the people that we know and and all the people that play on on this uh, on this show so Mike Eden Naomi Wolf presumably all of those types of people will be invited to speak and will be invited to present evidence so it essentially becomes a, a common law court it becomes a common law court then and then the evidence is available, but it's an officially recognized court. So once the evidence has been presented, it's available to other courts around the world. 
it's it's recognized as as being evidence all right so let's let's go back to the video again parliament who voted for vaccines etc etc yeah. that is number that is they're going to challenge their not challenge their authority they're going to assert their own authority and explain to the world and to the New Zealanders as a whole, we yeah. are the ones who rule this country. Our wow. tribal chiefs, we've been ruling this country since, I don't know, the 1400s or so, and yeah. nothing has changed because we never gave up our sovereignty as uh, stated in the enshrined in the um, Declaration of Independence. So that's step number one, assert the authority, and step number two, go after those who are responsible in New Zealand at first. And the, 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 the very unique thing about that is that for the very first time, we will be able to not just look at procedural aspects or technical aspects, um, for example, by stating, oh, mistakes are rather um, they did not have the authority because this is what happened a number of times before. There was this great decision written by uh, a woman, a federal judge in Florida last year, came down on April the 14th or 18th, I believe, and it said the government, the CDC in that case, does not have the authority to issue mass mandates for um, planes and airports, trains and train stations. Yeah, exactly. That was a brilliantly written decision, but it, it did not go into the merits of the case. It did only deal with does the government have the authority or not. Yeah. This time we're going to go one or two or three steps further because we're going to look at what 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 happened behind the scenes we're going to look at the merits of the case and the merits of the yep. case are there was never there was never a dangerous novel coronavirus they invented cases by misusing the pcr test yes and they wanted these cases in order to um, declare a public health emergency of international concern Yep. which is a an invention by the WHO, which yep. doesn't have anything to do with the people. They have no authority. There's no democratic um, yep. uh, foundation for any of this. But they use this declaration of uh, this, this public health emergency of international concern in order to justify using untested new drugs on people. Exactly. They created the, they misused the PCR test, lied about asymptomatic infections, in yeah. order to create cases that didn't exist, in order to be able to declare a public health emergency of international concern, ultimately in order to be able to use untested new drugs on people. And as we now know from whistleblowers, um, from uh, Brooke Jackson, for example, from scientists like Sasha Latipova and uh, lawyers like uh, Catherine Watt, um, there's an interview, a very famous recent interview that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did with Sasha Latipova. They never, ever conducted any trials. They just pretended that they conducted trials. They, they did something that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. called kabuki theater in order to make the people believe that 
real trials had actually happened under the control of the FDA or CDC, when in reality, they didn't conduct any trials and the people who were in charge was the military, was the Department of Defense. Exactly. And we just, we just spoke about this because most Americans know, of course, that propaganda exists, just like Germans and others know that propaganda exists, except they always thought that propaganda, meaning lies, are being used against the enemy. Since 2014, and this is something most Americans don't know, and the rest of the world doesn't either, since 2014, under the Obama administration, it was made legal to use propaganda against your own people. Wow. Uh, the famous or infamous um, Smith-Mund Act um, was changed a little bit, and since then, it is absolutely legal. This happened behind the backs of the people. They don't know about it. Was absolutely legal to use propaganda against your own people. And something yeah. similar, something very similar, if you look at what happened with the so-called vaccinations, happened with healthcare, which we know isn't really healthcare. You no. you know about the interview we did with Colleen Georgescu yeah. when he said everything is the opposite of what they're telling us. When exactly. the UN talks about peace, they mean war, because yep. the people who run the UN are the oligarchs who make money financing wars. When they talk exactly. about transparency, they mean lies. So yeah. um, in this case, when they're talking about healthcare and vaccinations, they're talking really about using, because this is what it ultimately is, the Department of Defense was in charge, these um, uh, drugs were not tested, using bioweapons, not yeah. against the enemy but against your own people, because yeah. that is what happened. That is what this exactly. boils down to. And yeah. those are the facts. Those are the merits of the case that we yeah. need to look into. We need to expose this in a court of law by way of uh, getting this, uh, the experts testify before these courts, this court of law, yeah. using Kikanga law. Exactly. Maybe you can explain in a few words to the people why particularly the Maori people from New Zealand, because there have been, you know, uh, rumors around the world, and some were launched by the enemy, essentially, to discredit you, but there were expectations raised by, by fake news posts uh -huh. that claimed that there were already massive international um, yeah, Nuremberg two trials being prepared. While you had never said that, you said this needs to be done. Yeah, and so maybe you can explain a little bit to the people what is really going on with how severe the corruption is, not only in the World Health Organization and governments, but also in the worldwide judiciary, that has made it extremely difficult to do this in other nations. Well, yes, um, that's. This is a two-part question. Question number one is what, what what were they talking about when, for example, I would say the other side who were trying to frame us, discredit yeah. us, were saying, oh, uh, there's going to be Nuremberg 2.0, Reiner Fulmich and his team of 3,000 lawyers and 30,000 <laughs> experts, they're going to do the job. I never yeah. said that. It was never yeah. true. They did this in order to... Have to, in order to create expectations 
that they would then pretend came from me. But yeah, I never exactly. said that. I did try yeah. to uh, make this clear on our Telegram channels and wherever we could. Same thing happened, by the way, to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, there were all these rumors, and uh, and and they, they kept warming them up for about a year about him having won this gigantic case before the U.S. Supreme Court. U.S. Yeah. Supreme Court had outlawed the so-called vaccines. Not true. Yeah. They do this in order to have people expect us to do it yeah. and and pretend that we're the ones who are saying this. No, yeah. this is how the deep state, this is how um, controlled opposition works. Yeah, um, and it's so always a strategy, it's always a strategy to um, yeah, cause division yes. between yeah. the good people and to to cause the freedom fighters in this case to no longer trust those people who are effectively exactly. on their side, but when they fail those fake uh, expectations, you know, and I want to clarify that there was one interview that was excellent, which you did with uh, yeah, Jeremy Warfare from South Africa. And mm -hmm. I took that, I enhanced it visually, and it exploded worldwide. And that was a very powerful interview in which you clearly said we are working with an international group of lawyers, we are working with scientists, we have all the evidence, and there will be lawsuits, we will go after them. And then the other side took that, blew it up into something that you did not say, and yeah. now there are people all over the world who say, well, Ryan Schumacher is a fraud because this is what he said, and yeah. he, he hasn't done it. Well, you, mm -hmm. you never said that, but I've been in touch with you yeah, for the past three years, years yeah. three years, and mm -hmm. I've seen you fight and labor and war and be active behind the scenes non-stop. And I know about all the attacks on you. You are at the center of the storm all the time. And I want to tell that to the people so they would discern between the infiltration that happened. And now you're in Mexico. You're not able to go to your ranch in, in California, but you are now actually finding people in New Zealand that have the right judiciary to take steps. So maybe you can explain a little bit about how corrupt the judiciary is worldwide and why you have chosen for the Maori people. That's part two of the question. It's a very good question. Um, well, we've been working on these cases, a group of international lawyers, many, many experts. We've been working on these cases for uh, almost two and a half years. I'm involved in a number of different cases my friend Kip Warner, for example, uh, uh, and his um, a group have filed uh, a class action complaint for damages in British Columbia, in Vancouver. And this case, they have he has his own lawyers, but it's also based on the PCR test because that is what's at the core of this, the misuse yes. of the PCR test. Without the yeah. PCR test, there would never have been any cases and they couldn't have taken any measures for anything. So um, we've, I'm, I've, been, I've been talking to him. I've, we've, been, we've been involved in, in that case uh, for about two years, close to two years. Yesterday, today's the 25th. Yesterday, on the 24th, I remember this because it's my father's birthday, uh, the uh, certification hearings in Vancouver continued. Now, there's no guarantee that this is going to work because it's inside the system. Other cases, we tried to bring a case 
before the highest South African court, the constitutional court. Um, many of us lawyers and many of the scientists who we work with were involved in that. They all worked, all, almost all of them worked for free. Uh, and we continue to work for free. I, this, is, this is something that has to be made clear. Yeah. I have never, ever earned one single cent from what I'm doing, neither in the Corona Investigative Committee nor on ICIC. I'm spending my own money um, to get this whole thing off the ground. Um, yeah. there, I know there's a lot of lies out there, but that's what it is. It's lies. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, usually it usually comes from those who are trying to uh, slow us down and stop this whole thing. So yeah. um, all of the efforts that uh, have been made in order to get something going in the systems courts haven't gone anywhere thus far. Yeah. Uh, even though there are four major decisions um, by a Portuguese court first, then by a an Austrian court, then by a German court, and then by a Turkish court, which all state very clearly that the PCR test is absolutely, utterly incapable of telling us anything about infections. That the example, the first example I mentioned was in Portugal. I think it was a group of four German tourists who uh, traveled to that country. One of them tested positive, that's the PCR test. And then they quarantined him and the other three the court found, based on the scientific evidence, that all doctors and all biologists know about, based on that evidence, they said, no, the PCR test can't tell you anything about infections. You have to let these people go. And ultimately, it turned out they, they had nothing. This is, of course. As we now know, close to, 90, close to 100% of the, cases of, the, of the cases were false positives. Yeah. Well, it was much worse in Germany. You you probably, I don't know if I told you this story. There was a judge in, of all places, Weimar, who was approached by the mother of two minors, seven and nine years old, and uh, through, a, through their attorney. And uh, she said, my children can't sleep anymore. They don't want to go to court any, uh, to school anymore. Uh, they have stomach aches, headaches, wake up in the middle of the night screaming. They don't want to wear masks because they can't breathe. They don't yeah. want to get tested every day. Yeah. They want to play with their with their friends and not social distance themselves. So, so basically, the kids were were literally emotionally and psychologically traumatized Absolutely. as Absolutely. a result of the downright terrorism that was being assaulted onto them. Absolutely, that's that's that makes it very clear. That's what's happening. It's terrorism. It's pure and, terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is, and um, <laughs> on people who can't even defend themselves. Exactly. Well, so what the judge did, I know this man, he's now a friend of mine, um, he, um, he did what he's supposed to do. He says, well, it sounds plausible, I have to do something, except I can't make a decision without knowing the facts. So the first thing you have to do in a court of law is get the facts straight. So what did he do? He called upon, upon experts' uh, witnesses, in this case, upon four professors from renowned universities, and one of them is a specialist in PCI, three, I'm, I'm sorry, one of them is a specialist in PCR tests, that's Professor Kemmerer. The other one was a specialist in child psychology. And the third one was a specialist uh, when it comes to masks. Based on their testimony, he said, there is no factual basis for any of these measures. And exactly. if there's no factual basis, there's no legal basis either. Yeah. So school, stop this. Oh, yeah. Great decision, except... And that's why we can't trust the system. Three weeks later, his car, his home, 
and his office were searched. His computer wow. and his phone were seized. Same thing happened to the four expert scientists, uh, yeah. uh, expert witnesses. Same thing happened to the uh, attorney who represented the interests of the children and to a friend of the judges and to a, another judge at that same court. Now, all of these um, all of these people knew what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. So they couldn't be, they, they weren't shocked, um, except, well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, what it really, what this really was designed to do is intimidate, not them, yeah. but the rest of the judiciary, so that everyone would know if I stand up, if I want to uphold the rule of law, because that's yeah. all he did. This yeah. is what's going to happen. If I'm not in line with the government, if yeah. I don't do what they tell me to do, yeah. this is what's going to happen. And yeah. that's why we cannot trust the system's courts. Exactly. I'm not saying they're all corrupt. I'm not saying they're all corrupt. But uh, many are. Many are. Many are only interested in their careers. And that's a form of corruption if you... Yeah bend the law in order to further yeah. your career. Uh, some of them receive money. I know that. Yeah. I once filed a, a criminal complaint against two Supreme Court justices in Germany because they did receive money, in oh. that case from banks, because that's what I used to do, uh, go after the crooked banks. Um, but as this example tells you, uh, many of them just do not dare stand up anymore. It doesn't mean that they never will. But they need motivation, and yeah. that's why we're turning to the indigenous people and to the Maori court of law. Yeah, yeah. What is the inspiration, the encouragement that people can take away from the fact that these indigenous people in New Zealand are standing up with the help of an international network of scientists and lawyers against a corrupt, the puppet government in New Zealand? Well, there's two things that are really important about this. As we now know, this is a worldwide phenomenon. It didn't just yeah. happen in the U.S. or in Germany or in Italy or in New Zealand. It happened everywhere. This was a lockstep approach. As we remember, many, many of the journalists were talking verbatim, saying the same things on television. Yeah. on television, the yeah. same things, and so did the politicians, as though yeah. they were just parrots. And, and they that's are. what they are. That's what yeah. they are. So it was a worldwide, this is a world, it, it is a worldwide conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, All right, that's been enough, Ryan Formic. I think you made the point. The, 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 the idea is, uh, is to put these people on, on notice. Uh, can you imagine that... Uh, Bill Gates becomes a criminal in New Zealand. Uh, Jacinta Ardern becomes a criminal in New Zealand. And once, once the New Zealand court, once the New Zealand Maori court hears the evidence, they'll, well, they know what's going on anyway. They're not stupid. 
They're not stupid at all, trust me. Uh, I was out in New Zealand in 2000, 2000, January till about April. Had a fantastic time over there. And had an had an, an unforgettable experience in a cave on a beach on the North Island. Uh, where I was, uh, this this cave was a was the home of a, a Maori prophetess in the 14th century or whatever it was when they first arrived in New Zealand. Anyway, me being me, I went down onto the beach to to meditate in this cave. Honestly. There was something going on with that cave that was unreal. I don't know what it was, but there was something in that cave that uh, at one point I, I started uh, identifying as a Maori prophetess and uh, started writing writing notes and drawing diagrams. I had about three, three four thick notebooks within about a couple of weeks I was writing and I was seeing visions and those all sorts of stuff going on as a result of that meditation in, the, in that cave so I don't know what it was it could have been the energy of the, of the Maori prophetess connecting in that's what it felt like uh, I opened myself up to to the universe basically in there so it blew the top of my head off, essentially. Unforgettable experience. And wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody, but maybe one or two people would would be able to deal with that. But it uh, it knocked me off my stride for a little while as well. So uh, I went a bit nuts. So very much kind of a, a DMT slash kundalini awakening experience i was seeing geometric shapes which is one of the one of the things that happens when you when you get involved with dmt i think the other thing that's interesting that i discovered in a conversation on callin.com a couple of days ago is that ultraviolet light stimulates the production of natural dmt in in your brain uh, which which suggests a mechanism for the violet flame meditations that I've been doing for the last 25 years. It's because uh, if, if if ultraviolet light can do that, then visualizing violet light can probably do something similar. And uh, it explains the effect of that particular meditation. I used to do violet flame meditations on the on the show when I first started it three years ago I'm not going to do one now but uh, if you look in the archive there's a there's a few shows early on where I was doing violet flame meditations or you can just look it up on the internet of course that's the other way to do it it's just as just as uh, well you you'll find a whole lot of material about Saint Germain and the angels of the violet flame and Ascended Masters, if you do the internet version. My version was taking all of those things out. Because I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to have St. Germain or any of the other extra bits and bobs that go with it culturally. 
Now that's the source of it, but you don't need to necessarily have that particular energy in there as well. The violet is enough. The violet flame, the violet light is enough to stimulate DMT and uh, do whatever the thing is that DMT does. So I've been I've been busy this week with calling. So that's probably where I'm going to be spending my time for the next, at least the next couple of weeks. I've been neglecting Podbean, so I need to go back to Podbean. Uh, but it, if I can get a a group of people together on call in, I can live stream onto Rumble, and that gets that set up. And there's a business model with Rumble because they take subscriptions as a in the locals communities you can take subscriptions so at least there's a business model there so that's a start there isn't a business model on podbean that's even close to realistic so i know that after two years of of being there on a very regular basis there is no business model there so i wasn't really expecting that to be to be honest though because it didn't look very plausible to me but I I did the Podbean thing because it was interesting and because it's a good community over there it's a, it's quite a supportive community all in all alright so that's that's more or less the show I'm going, going to go back to the FA Cup now so it's 2-1 to Manchester City we're 86 minutes in, so if it stays like that for another four minutes, Manchester City win the FA Cup. We may or may not get to get to a final score here. I don't know. But uh, it looks like the, the equaliser goal was, was a penalty in the 33rd minute. And then the Manchester, Manchester City second goal... Typically, I've got Skype over the top of it. Uh, looks like... No, was it in the... No, it wasn't in the first minute. I don't know. It doesn't say. It's the BBC, and it doesn't tell me who scored the second goal, so it must be in the... in the text commentary. I'm not going to go down and have a look, though. So you've almost, almost got a sports desk running here, but not quite. And we're almost at the end of the show. We may get a final score. I'm hoping we'll get a final score before the music kicks in. So 83,179 people inside of Wembley this afternoon for the FA Cup final. Now, here's another interesting thing. The reason I knew about 15 years ago that we were heading for fascism was because Wembley was rebuilt I don't know, don't know whether you guys know, but Wembley Stadium was built in 1933, I think, and it was replaced, it was rebuilt in the early 2000s. It would have been about 2005, something like that. But that's how I knew we were on the way to fascism. So I over-interpreted it, and I was, I was absolutely right. <laughs> But I thought I was over-interpreting at the time, but I was absolutely right. And that's 15 years ago, or more, nearly 20 years ago. 
So as far as I can tell, this is going to finish Manchester City 2, Manchester United 1. So I'm going to declare that as the result, even though it's not quite the result yet. Right, I'll be back next week. Uh, let's have another look in the chat room, see what's going on in there. So, Jonathan Wright's in the chat room now, sharing Santos Bonacci links. And I like Santos Bonacci. He's got some good material. All right, I'm going to call that a day because I've run out of things to talk about. So, I shall be back next week at the same time. In between, you can find me on calling. If you want to... If you want to call in and have a chat, that's the place to do it, callin.com. And look for Free Association Radio Show on there. I'm also doing a show on there called An Evening of Metaphysical Speculation, which will start in about 35 minutes' time. I'm going to have a quick break. I'm going to go and do some shopping, and by the time I get back, it'll be half past five here. And that's the time I've got the the show scheduled for so if you want to talk metaphysics then head on over to to call in and join me there and uh, I'm, i may well live stream that one on rumble if any if if people turn up and they want to talk i'll live stream it all right that's it now thanks for listening and i'll see you next week Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. Are you interested in the paranormal? 
mystery. Real Natural Law. Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Crip Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio. Studio A, freedomslips.com. Crip Rick's Hyphen, thank you. Welcome to the Crypt. <laughs> what the heck is the truth, Jihad? Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth Jihad Radio.